Hey, it's Neil. Thanks for listening to our podcast, Stories Matter. We know there are important yet ordinary stories within the lives of people in our churches. Stories have always mattered to followers of Jesus as they unite, encourage and inspire us to live in his ways. We hope as you hear these ordinary life stories, they reveal something about the work of an extraordinary God. and welcome to Stories Matter. Neil, it is, as always, a pleasure to have a conversation with you. How are you? Thanks. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to see you too, Ali. I'm doing all right. I'm away for a couple of nights. Thought I'd uh, take the opportunity. We are outside Glasgow, I need to say. We're not in the Glasgow Local Authority. However, even as we record, Glasgow has been allowed out of lockdown. So I went away for a couple of nights. What have you been up to? Oh, right. Well... Nothing as exciting as you, and I certainly, although this will mean nothing to uh, podcast listeners, don't have a jazzy wallpaper. Could you describe the wallpaper behind you just now, Neil? <laughs> it's quite something in your uh, Airbnb accommodation. It's a feature wall, and it has um, plants and branches, but also birds, an eclectic mix of um, flowers and shrubbery, and um, what's the collective word for birds? What's a flock of birds? A flock of birds, sure. But but like different types. Or a murder of crows. That's always... The collective of crows is a murder. Did you know that? Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. That is grim. And uh, a gaggle, a gaggle of, geese. of geese. I don't know why this is such boring trivia, but there you go. Gaggle of geese. No? <laughs> you know that? Yeah. No, I didn't know that. I do like collective nouns for groups of animals. It's always herd of cows and... Um, but, you know, like, I'm never quite sure how they've established what, why there's a difference between, surely just a group of would be acceptable. Yeah. yeah. A school of fish? Why is it a school? Interestingly, do you know uh, what you call a fish with no eyes? <laughs> uh, tell me, Ali, what do you call a fish with no eyes? <laughs> there we go. It's a beautiful joke. Thanks. Thanks for... Allowing me to do yet another dad joke for you, Neil. I know it's a deep joy of yours that you get to listen to my repertoire. And uh, I'll maybe, maybe we could do a podcast of my jokes, because I think I could quite easily fill 50 minutes of just terrible dad jokes. That would be a real struggle for me to be part of, but if that would make you happy, Ali, then we can do that. <laughs> yeah, we could do that. We'll, we'll look out for that. It's a bonus feature. <laughs> On stories matter, and one of my stories is that I tell terrible jokes, so we can look forward to that at some stage, Neil. Be good. Anyhow, enough about this just rubbish rambling that we're going on about. Um, uh, but rubbish rambling, a little bit of alliteration there, lovely mm, jubbly, lovely word. piece of work. Yep, onomatopoeic. That's a, also a nice word that I remember from English at school. Yep, bang, crash, wallop. <laughs> That's a musical, is it not? I think it is. Dum bum bum, bigger than the family album. Anyway, it's when never had that. Yep. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called, but it is a musical. It's part of musical theatre. I do enjoy a bit of musical theatre. Oh yeah, absolutely. It'll not come as a surprise to you that I do too, but yeah. No, I, I, I don't doubt that at all, but I was deeply moved. I get, as a 14-year-old, I was taken to see Philip Schofield as Joseph in his Technicolor Dreamcoat oh, wow. in the West End of London, and uh, I've enjoyed it ever since. Nice. 
Oh, that's fun. I didn't know that about you. Yeah, it's oh, good. Le- the Miserables, that's probably my favourite, to be honest. I like The Miserables. Oh, really? Okay. Le Miserable. Oui, oui. I, uh, I hear Miss Saigon's good, but I've never actually seen Miss Saigon. Yeah, I've never seen it either, no. No, and I do like, I'll tell you my, my secrets. Good Christmas movie topical. Um, Christmas movie tip is Scrooge the Musical. Oh. 1970, Albert Finney as Scrooge. It is one of my favourite renditions of the Christmas Carol story. I like life. Life likes me. Me and life are as happy as can be. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> anyway, that's enough of that. But go and check out Scrooge the Musical. It's wonderful. Oh, I've never even heard of that. That sounds great. Better than Muppets Christmas Carol. It's a front to musical and renditions of, of uh, the Christmas Carol story. Yeah, unpopular opinion. I don't think I love them up. It's Christmas Carol. Good. I'm with you as well. Uh, particularly Michael Caine painfully singing, which is an all-time <laughs> low for anyone. Yeah. Anywho, we really have got the longest intro ever known to man. Well, who are we chatting to today, then, Ali? Who? Who are we chatting to today? We are chatting to a lovely, uh, a lovely, lovely man, and his name is Sam Hibbert, who yeah. is... Well, Sam's a great guy. He, he lives up in Aberdeen. He is uh, part of his week. He works in a school, in a primary school. Other part of the week, he's a youth pastor within a, a church in the one uh, Sheddixley Baptist. And and in another part of his week, he writes and records and produces music and performs music of all types, uh, including worship music. So he's, a, he's an incredible young man. Yeah, he is. I've gotten to know Sam over the past couple of years, and it's just a joy. He's just so talented and kind and... Yeah, one of my favourite people to spend time with. So. Wise beyond his years, I often find. Oh yeah, I forget how young he is when he starts speaking because he definitely exudes wisdom beyond his years. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And uh, despite his Aberdonian twangs, he's of course Glaswegian. Yes, as we find out. Absolutely. Mm, fantastic. You wouldn't guess it from his accent. No. So uh, yeah, we had a great chat uh, with Sam. We chatted all things about his his life experience and the stories that impacted him. We discover that he has a great taste in films, which if you've ever <laughs> listened to the, the, the podcast where I share my favourite film, yeah. it turns out that me and Sam have got a very similar taste in movies. Yeah, that's good. Shall we get into it? Shall we hear what Sam has to say? Yeah, let's go meet Sam. Go on. Sam Hibbard, how are Hi, you? Sam. Hello, good to see you guys. Nice to see oh, you. it's great to see you, Sam. It's been a long time. Yeah, it has been since I've seen you in the flesh. How are you guys doing on this uh, Monday morning? You guys all right? <laughs> yeah, feeling very Monday morning. I'll be honest with you, it's been a busy weekend. <laughs> that's that's all right. It's good. Um, how are you doing, Sam? Yeah, I'm doing fine on this Monday morning. It's raining up here in Aberdeen. Oh, so what's it like for you guys in Glasgow? It's dry, but you know, it's always grey, isn't it? So. Mind you, mind you, you're in Aberdeen, so it's always, always great for you. <laughs> oh, Neil, you'll never get allowed back in. Everyone knows Aberdeen is always bright blue skies till about 11 o'clock in the morning, and then the greyness rolls in. Is that not right, Sam? Just about, and then it's always extremely windy up here, because oh. um, we're right on the coast. But you guys get all the rain, so... <laughs> That's true. I actually was, dri- I was up in Aberdeen a couple of weeks ago, and as I was driving in, I've never done that little road by the river in the light, and it was beautiful. I was like, this is... Gorgeous, but not the Aberdeen I remember. And then I got into the city centre, and I was like, "Oh no, this is uh-huh. this is what I remember." Yeah, stay stay in the <laughs> stay in the Shire, and you'll be fine. <laughs> stay in the Shire. Is that is that was that in the in the Hobbit, Sam? 
<laughs> stay in the Shire. The, 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 the hallowed ground of the Shire. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Love Aberdeen. Uh, so, Sam, you're in Aberdeen. Tell us, what do you do in Aberdeen? What do you get up to when you're not on Zoom calls with us? <laughs> yeah, so, based in Aberdeen here, I work um, as a youth worker um, at Shedixley Baptist Church. I also work at a primary school um, doing support work for kids. And when I have the time and the energy, I try and write some songs. I've been doing a lot of co-writing over lockdown, which has been fun. So, um, yeah, write songs. Um, also love leading worship and being part of worship um, as well. So, yeah, it's a bit about what I do. That's a bit, I'm sure you do so much more than that. Now, your your accent might not might not give this away, but you are in fact not an Aberdonian born and bred. You are truly a Glaswegian. I am a Glaswegian. I've not got the accent though. I've got this weird. I think I've got this weird accent, and I think I've become slightly more like posh Aberdeen over the last wee while. Because very royal D side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I lived in London, right? for a year just over a year and people just thought I was mumbling all the time or didn't understand me so I, I had, <laughs> since then I've always just pronounced my words a bit better because um, living in London folk are like look at you really confused or ask you to repeat yourself for like the fifth time so <laughs> I, yeah but I'm a, I'm a Glasgow boy yeah originally a Glasgow boy yeah right well let's see how Aberdonian you are right so simple simple test then is it is it uh, a buttery or a rowey? What do you call it? I'd call it a buttery. I don't know if that's if that's right, but a buttery is what I'd call it. See, I call it buttery, but I wonder if that's because we've got Glasgow. I lived in Aberdeen for a while, but I think that's the Glasgow bit. And it's, I think it's a rowey is what they call is it? it. Right, okay. Is it not? I don't know. I've never heard anyone speak about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are posh Aberdeen? Yeah, yeah. In, in the Shire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, next one. What what's 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 a quine? Quine is a girl. A loon is a lad, a guy. Oh Neil's face is hilarious. I don't understand any of this chat. <laughs> any of the questions, any of the words. Faz that. What? Faz that. Faz that, yeah, or fit like. Yeah, but what did it mean? What's faz lat? I don't know what faz lat means, but I've heard it before. <laughs> You're an intruder in Aberdeen. Is it not wise that? Is fast that not wise that? All oh, right, I just nod and smile at those moments where folks say stuff. Like me just like, now, yeah. Aye, yeah, it fit like. Aye, fit like a day, yeah, aye. Fit like, aye, fit like. <laughs> uh, See, I'm an imposter. Imposter. <laughs> it is the Monday after Pentecost, which I'm sure probably has some kind of name, right, in some calendar somewhere. Oh, I don't know. But uh, how was your Pentecost Sunday, guys? Yeah, it was all right. Just sitting at home watching being part of church. <laughs> watching um, being part of. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. You got you got to be careful there. What you say? Um, yeah, the Monday after Pentecost would be like the after fire or something. The or, afterglow, yeah. surely it would be. But what what was your what was your right what was your Pentecost song of choice at worship yesterday? Consuming fire, obviously. Um, Consuming. Yeah. Oh, that's a classic. No, I should. I've asked that question. Now I can't remember. But it was two Hill Song songs, and they were great. And I can't for the life of me remember what they were. But they were quite. You're, new, you're so quite caught new. up in worship, you just can't remember. The Fresh song. wind. One was called Fresh wind. You'd want us in oh, it was uh, really. It's really simple, but I, I, it really got to me actually in worship yesterday. I was like, oh, 
Yeah. It was lovely. Good song. What about you, Neil? Do you, did you have a Pentecost we song? We Spirit Breakout. Spirit Breakout. Yeah. Spirit Breakout. Yeah, it was good. I, I've got a wee soft spot for that. I love that song. It was very good. Break our walls down. Keep going, Ali. Come did on. anyone rap in the middle of it? Did anyone rap? Or did you? Yeah. Well, the original had the rap in the middle. What? Mm-hmm. Why have I never heard this? Yeah. So no one rap. Oh my goodness. It's a belter. No, I'd have got up and freestyled otherwise if I'd known that was an option. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sam, we are delighted that you are joining us and you are going to go through your stories matter questions with us because your story matters. And uh, we're really looking forward to having a chat with you and hearing... Uh, hearing your sort of insights and thoughts on different things. So we're going to kick off and uh, we've already had Pentecost songs, so that why not start with what what song matters to you and why? What's the song that you've chosen? Why does it matter? Tell us something profound about your song of choice. <laughs> no pressure then, eh? This is a, this is a tricky one. So many, as a, a musician, it's so difficult to pick a favourite song. Um, I love all things... You too. Anyone like you too? You guys? Yes, love it. Coldplay, love a bit of Coldplay. In the kind of Christian arena, like Phil Wickham, he's he's great. So I was racking my brain, um, and I was thinking back to the first songs that I learned on guitar, uh, first worship songs. So a song that matters to me, I would say, is um, "Wonderful, So Wonderful." Um, Do you know that yeah. one? Yes. Um, I can't remember who it's by. Wonderful, so wonderful. Yeah. 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 So that one matters to me just because it. It's a great song. Kicked off uh, me learning guitar and having having more personal worship at home. That was one of the first songs I learned that kickstarted uh, kind of more personal worship. Um, so yeah. But that leads in some. There's a big thing about you is worship and music in particular has played a massive part in your life from an incredibly young age. You've just always strikes me from because uh, we've known each other well i was a lot younger when i first met you sam <laughs> and uh, so were you so you've known worship for a long long you i mean you've been around worship for a long time you've been beginning to to lead in worship you've also been doing other sort of music projects and professional music projects. so and you talked there about that song it was actually the formation of your first song that you began to learn what was it about just worship music or just music in general that that spoke to you and and started you off in this journey? Um, I think it was, I don't know, I just, I remember getting my first iPod, <laughs> downloading a bunch of songs and I'd listen to it late at night in, in my ears when I was meant to be sleeping um, as a young kid and I just found songs so inspiring and even in my childhood, being around church, um, around Queen's Park, um, I just, remember worship being musical worship being such an incredible tool to connect us with god so i think that was instilled in me from a young age and something that i wanted to pursue um for myself and to give that a go creatively as well so what could it look like for me to write songs about god and could that could god use me in that as well uh, in my context so yeah i just think music's a brilliant tool for connecting us to God you know um, it's a tricky thing because so many people can like worship worship music when actually worship music's just a, a connector a tool you could say to lead us to God you know and to, to worship God so yeah that just kind of that song kick-started things for me uh, there's lots of great songs I could mention like um, Delirious songs and 
um, <laughs> heaps, heaps of classics and um, yeah, so many great songs from my childhood that still I sing because I love them. They're great. Because so. uh, what uh, be- wonderful, so wonderful. It's got beautiful, beautiful one I love and all that. My soul, my soul will sing becomes mm-hmm. the refrain on it, isn't it? Yeah. And there's that sense of your innermost being crying out to God. Mm-hmm. And you've op- the 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 part where it's like you've opened my eyes to your wonders again. Yeah, you've captured my heart. Yeah, it's all all about being captivated by God and seeing Him. So yeah, it's a great song. Yeah, thanks for that, Sam. So next question is a story or a book or a movie that matters to you. Do you have one that matters to you particularly? So I have not been much of a reader until recent years, so I don't have a terrible, <laughs> like huge amount of books that I've gone through. I'm a bit of a slow reader. So I picked a movie. Nice. A movie that I was inspired by years ago was a movie called Hacksaw Ridge. Oh, yeah. You guys yes. seen that? Yes, of course. Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Excellent. Ali likes it, he's currently <laughs> punching punching the air. It's our filter. <laughs> so yeah, um, anyone that's seen it, I think everyone that's seen it knows it's a brilliant film and you can't not be moved by it. Mm. A brilliant story of a guy in, in the army and um, a guy of faith. And yeah, I was just so inspired because it was also a true story as well. I, I always get so, so moved when it's um, based on a true story. Obviously movies maybe... Um, blow it a wee bit more dramatically or to give it that kind of movie effect but yeah just so inspiring this guy that was so stuck so true to his faith and his values even under the pressures of the culture he was in in the army and um, you know even in when he faced persecution and he was the only one in the army that wouldn't use a gun and all, all these things because of his faith you know and he stuck true to in the face of um, adversity and yeah, he, in, towards the end of the film, he puts his life on the line by going into the battlefield. The only one, everyone else has retreated, but he's still continuing to go in and uh, rescue the one. You know, he keeps saying that phrase, you know, Lord, just give me one more. And yeah, I just find that so inspiring because of, uh, yeah, just how he stuck true to his faith. And he was so convicted uh, by his faith to, to really live it out. So yeah, it's a brilliant film. I love it. Have you guys seen it? Ali's seen it. You've not seen it, Neil? No, I have seen it, yeah, yeah. It's you have seen it? Yeah, oh, cool. Yeah. It's a good film. Yeah. So it's significant because someone was convicted of their faith and, and stood up for their faith and stood up against culture. How, if if at all, has that impacted you and your life? I guess that movie just spurred me on, inspired me to look at my faith and how how am I um, really living it out um, and being set apart in the culture when it could be so easy to choose to not stand out um, in, in today's culture. And I think... As believers were called to be set apart and to stand out from the crowd uh, but to do it in love you know uh, to, to make sure that we're constantly being fueled by love and um, he you know in the movie he was someone that was fueled by love and compassion towards the people that even were persecuting him you know um, yeah I think the, the, the bit it's really funny Sam you talked about that because um, it's one of the it's one of the movies I would choose for this yeah. question when I was asked because the story of Desmond Dawes is just really powerful. I think it's a, the, for me, it's the courage elements just mad in it. Like it so often, you know, s- s- sometimes setting yourself apart for your faith in 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 the West in Scotland can be quite tricky, and we sometimes choose kind of odd. <laughs> things that make us 
it's not we're not noted then for our courage of our convictions. It's more kind of like the kind of a bit religiously pious kind of objections we might make. So, you know, sometimes it might be to do our, our views on alcohol and, and how much alcohol we consume or sex and sexual practice, or it might be to do with, you know, Sundays and, and, and not going to do something nice and fun because we're going to go to church. Not that that can't be nice and fun, people, I'm just saying. <laughs> but sometimes we, we those, are the, those are the things that we, we make a mark on. And I think in the political sphere, sometimes we make a mark. It's about gender, it's about sex, it's about this, it's about that. Uh, and what I love about this is someone that cuts straight through that to humanity and actually mm -hmm. he, he goes into a place of courage and I'm always I'm always asking the question of God and I wonder what your thoughts are on this as well is, you know, where are the courageous statements of faith as a young as a young guy growing up in Scotland just now? Do you know what I'm getting at? There's ones that become the cliched ones, but what what where are the courageous statement uh, stands that you think a younger generation of the church should be making? I think it's so tricky to stand out in this culture because often the response, you know, things these days with, you know, the more political things or the religion, like you're saying, the people viewing things as quite a religious, it's very like black and white or it's like it's this way or that way. <laughs> and I believe, you know, there, there's truth and we should follow that and we should be convicted by truth and that should impact the way we live our lives, you know. Um, I think a huge thing I remember growing up in school was um, one of my convictions was to um, not have sex before marriage and that was a huge question that, um, you know, my mates would always be asking me and I think, you know, it was actually really tricky, really hard to say that because as a young person I, ha I actually hadn't quite figured out why mm -hmm. for me for me myself like oh, well, well, why why have I decided that you know a huge part of that was um you know being brought up in the church and that being one of the values and you know I've grown up to realize the importance of that and purity being a huge thing in this culture so yeah I think that's for me personally that's one of the things that um uh, you know, I chose to be set apart in was um, was purity, um, mm -hmm. and there's there's lots of other things as well you can be set apart in. Sam, we're going to. I mean, you talk a bit about your own life experience there. Thanks for sharing that. We really appreciate you just being uh, honest and giving a wee glimpse into your into your 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 formational years around high school area. Um, so, um, but the next the next area we always ask a question is, you know, what is a what is a experience that has significantly impacted your story of your life? What what have you been involved in? Is there one specific instance or, or experience? Yeah, there's like a handful of experiences I can look back and see them as like defining moments is what I would call them. Uh, moments that really marked me and shaped me as a person. One that I'd love to share is um, when I became a Christian, so when I chose to follow Jesus and um, to live a life that is set apart from the world was, I think Ali, you were probably around when this <laughs> happened. Um, I think I was about eight years old, seven or eight years old. Um, over the years, my parents helped out at um, AV2 camps, Scripture Union camps, and um, Ali, you helped run them and a few others um, helped run them. And I, just as a young person, uh, we were obviously like the family that went, so I was the little guy. 
um, at the camp with all these teenagers and yeah just being surrounded by um, these teenagers and just looking up to them and the culture that uh, that you guys carried um, I just really caught on to that and it was the times of worship again coming back to that the times of worship that really caught my attention seeing this like this group of people unified in worship and being so caught up in in worship and by this person and it not just being like a nice fluffy warm experience but I'd look upon people and they were they were they were being changed by something and they were being renewed and made whole by something and I just was so inspired by that I mean in the times of worship I would just be copying this guy like you know I'd he'd be putting his hands up so I'd be putting my hands up and he'd be he'd be speaking in a funny language which was tongues and you know I would start doing the same and stuff like that um but you know through that I I understood it for myself and um yeah I just remember one night just um experiencing God's presence in a really real way like it was just something that I couldn't shake off that I just knew this was real for me and um yeah I, I just had this like inner knowing this reality of God being real and this life that he had for me was a life I wanted to live and yeah making that decision and I just remember coming away from that camp um as an eight-year-old lad and literally feeling like this kind of infilling of life like I, I just felt like I was radiating life and you know from then on I was having like dreams at night about things and I was um, seeing clearly and I had these pictures about things and um, so much more was being stirred up in me than before and yeah I remember leaving the camp just literally feeling like I'd been picked up and turned around and set on a new path and um, yeah I had like, this confidence and this peace to and this understanding of like okay life does have purpose and there is there's more to life than the way I was living before and um, you know it, it wasn't easy going back home and, and trying to figure that out and work that out as a young kid um, but yeah that was a real defining moment for me um, yeah and I remember the night I, I became a Christian getting my sisters in the room and I started like preaching to them and telling them how they should live their lives and all this kind of thing um, maybe a, a filling of the spirit that I was getting carried away with but um, yeah that was a defining moment for me that's brilliant thanks that's great it's, it's amazing to hear how your so your faith is obviously a massive part of of your life and it's, it's underpinned everything that you've you've spoken about so far which is really cool and um, just to hear how central that is to your to your life the next question we ask is um a scripture that matters to you so something from the bible um a verse or a story or a, a passage i guess um so yeah do you have a scripture that matters to you and why does it matter yeah i do have a scripture i can read it out um just now it's Hebrews 12, um, you guys might know this one. Um, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. And we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross and so on and so on it goes um yeah and that scripture has always just popped up throughout the years for me um 
a huge a huge thing that can so easily trip us up or entangle us even as young people and um in this culture is um distractions we get so easily distracted i think from what really matters and yeah this scripture has kind of always encouraged me that that we should be set and fixed and focused on the purpose that god's given each one of us and i totally believe that each person has been given like a unique purpose in the in the grand scheme of god has given us this purpose to love him to to love ourselves and to love others yeah that's great there's this wide broad purpose that we have but i think within that we all have a unique um, purpose that god's given to us and it's about discovering that for ourselves and yeah. i think one of the things that can stop us from really running with purpose the race that god's given us is distractions and you know sin um i think a- another huge part can be like comparison in this in this world where social media is is a massive part of our lives um we can so easily find ourselves getting caught up um with comparing ourselves with people online or perceiving people in a way that causes us to um, doubt ourselves or to compare ourselves with them um, so yeah, I love the scripture because it says just throw off everything and stay true and focused on Jesus and yeah, to run your race, your purpose and to go for it. So yeah, and recently there's I've been really inspired by Nehemiah's story, particularly just now as we're coming out of lockdown, you could say, or hopefully, <laughs> we, who knows what who knows what the heck's gonna happen. <laughs> but um, yeah hopefully coming out of lockdown with the world being in the place it is just reading Nehemiah um, has been really helpful for me on what God might be calling us to to help rebuild society and the world and as believers I think we have a huge role in that as the church to rebuild the ruins um, because I totally feel and can see the world is just on its knees just now and has been for the last year you know and um, but i think we have a huge role as people that are meant to be fueled by love to yeah play our part in in rebuilding society and yeah grasping god's new vision for the way forward so yeah roman uh hebrews 12 and, and nehemiah have been really key for me recently so that's really cool um just in case anyone listening doesn't know could you summarize the story of nehemiah what is his chat Sum- summarize <laughs> nehemiah. just like that basically Sam, could you just summarize it really quickly it'd be amazing for quickly nehemiah is this guy serving the king uh he gets this vision and he hears reports of god's people not doing too well his heart breaks he laments but then god gives him a vision of the way forward on how he can rebuild people's lives and um rebuild the walls of the city that they're living in but also to bring unity to God's people and to bring them together and he was a visionary leader a, a man of faith and uh, he had a servant heart and um, yeah so Nehemiah inspires God's people to move forward and God gives him a vision and um, and he rebuilds and so on and um, yeah great story definitely encourage anyone listening to, to go and read that and it's, it's a story. wonderful story Great. Okay, so um, Sam, what I would love to find out from you, you've talked about Nehemiah being a visionary leader and influence person, somebody you looked up to, but we weren't a real, not, not that he wasn't real, sorry, but what I mean <laughs> is from your life and in your circle, for someone that really has spoken to you and, and um, 
uh, inspired you. So who is the person who has impacted you the most in your life? Again, you guys give these tricky questions. It's so <laughs> hard to... <laughs> um, yeah, I think the people that come to mind is my grandparents. So nice. they, they've been key people for me in not necessarily what they've said or what they've done, but I think they've inspired me the most um, in my life by just their example. That's been a huge thing, like their, how they lived and um, yeah, the character they had, uh, I would say certainly, um, I mean, they all carried incredible selflessness and putting people first and not seeing, seeing themselves as, as, you know, not being people that look down on people, but lift people up. And they actively did that. They didn't just like say that or they actively went out their way to, um, you know, love other people. But I think my grandma, um, she was just such like a simple, joyful person. Like she would just find joy in like every single moment of the day. Like she'd find a way to laugh. And what I take from my grandma is that she didn't take herself seriously. Um, she didn't take life too seriously, um, but she took God seriously. And that's something that stuck with me that um, we shouldn't take ourselves too seriously. Um, we should be able to have a laugh. And I think that's something we all need a bit more these days is uh, be able to have a bit more of a laugh and find joy in life. Um, but she had an incredible, she just was so hospitable and uh, looked after people really well. She was a, a midwife growing up, a nurse. Um, yeah, and she just had this incredible selflessness. Um, so she's someone that I always think about. And my, and my grandparents, all of them, they were all incredible people. And I think grandparents, I don't know about you guys, but I think they play a huge role in young people's lives. Um, whether we're kind of aware of that or not, I think we can learn so much from our grandparents. Or I certainly have. I'm sure that's not the uh, same for everyone, but... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think grandparents are, are hugely significant, aren't they? Because of that generation removed from your parents. Like, you, don't, you don't have to put up with all the, the stress of what your parents have lived through, li raising a family and all that. And they, you, sometimes you get the wisdom, don't you? You receive differently from your, sort of, um, your grandparents. I mean, it's been brilliant to hear your story and to hear stuff about your story mattering. But this is the point that we give all our guests on this podcast a chance to jump up on a soapbox <laughs> and to give us the Raiders of the Lost Ark. The thing that is on your heart that if you could just, if everyone could just hear you just speak about this thing because it's really important to you and it matters to you. And because your story matters, we want you, this Ark to matter to us as well. So here we go. If we had the drum roll, we would do a drum roll or a trumpet sounding kind of thing. Sam Hibbard, what is your Raiders of the Lost Ark?
Big moment, guys. You ready? <laughs> yeah. So I think in my life, something that's been hugely um, significant and something I've observed throughout my life is leadership and the importance of leadership. Um, for me, seeing leadership done really well, seeing great fruit come from that. And yeah, leaders that, like I said about my grandparents, like their character, their example went way beyond their words. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a hugely important thing, I think. And something that I'm certainly passionate about is how in in this world and in church life and in society, it's leadership so important, isn't it? Like, yeah. you know, Nicola Sturgeon's been leading the way f- <laughs> through COVID and, you know, not getting political, but her leadership has made a huge difference to our mm-hmm. lives, hasn't it? And how she's led, uh, whether people think she's done well or not, um, leadership is so important in our world. So for me, there's just such an importance to invest in leadership and um I think leadership done wrong can be in- extremely destructive and I've had the effects of that in some moments in my life where I've seen other people damaged by by leaders and you know I've felt the ripple effects of that as well myself but incredible things can happen when leadership is done in a godly way and you know something that's always stuck with me is anyone can be a good leader but exceptional leaders are the the leaders that are willing to address and confront their weaknesses and i think that's a huge thing um for people that lead that we're broken and we need to acknowledge our humanity um so for me leadership is just so important and i'm on that journey myself on growing as as a young leader and you know, I certainly feel called to invest in other people's leadership or help them at least figure that out or give them a space to explore that more on how they can grow in their character and their their leadership. So, yeah, the importance of character and leadership, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at here. Yeah, I love that you bring out the idea of knowing your weaknesses is actually what makes you an exceptional leader, because I think so often we assume leaders are strong and competent and just people who drive things forward naturally um, there's this kind of twist on all of that when we say actually uh, the best leaders are the ones who acknowledge they aren't capable of doing everything but they can bring people alongside them to help with that i love that yeah because i think in my life i've seen leaders producing fruit or are often the ones that realize that god actually wants to use their weaknesses mm. that like i totally believe that in acknowledging our weaknesses or our humanity god doesn't like bypass our brokenness or um i think god actually can use that in a really powerful way and um, through vulnerability and yeah. yeah i've certainly been inspired by by leaders that have done that really well um, so i think that's that's so important because so many leaders can wear masks and put on a false front and um yeah, can act like they have it all together and that they're perfect or but actually I think leaders that produce fruit and lasting fruit are the are the ones that do the opposite, that remove the masks, that are vulnerable, that um realise I'm weak in this. I mean, they have great strengths and that's awesome, but acknowledging them and willing to do something about your weaknesses, you know. Mm. We need to realise we have limits, yeah. don't we? And I think that's an, another huge thing I've realised over the last year is that 
our limits are actually like a gift from God and we shouldn't try and go beyond our limits and realising we have limits is a really healthy thing to do and putting boundaries in our lives that says, you know, I'm not God, <laughs> I can't do all things, but <laughs> I can, if I, you know, once I've realised my limits and I stick to that and do what, do what I do really well within my limits, I think, yeah. is way more effective than trying to go beyond your limits and trying to overstretch yourself I think that's something I've done so much of actually over the years is like I've tried to go beyond my limits and tried to be overly like amazing or like tried to be amazing at everything when actually I realized like you know what god you've designed me and made me in this way and I need to steward this really well and allow other people to do the things I can't do too well for them to you know exceed at that and uh, to release other people and again leadership isn't just about one person I think leadership's about a team and a variety of people in team complementing each other and yeah I could say so much on this and um, get carried away with it but that's something that I'm really passionate about and um, yeah no, I love that thank you your heart for that just like shines through as you talk so it's really cool to get to hear you chat about that thanks. yeah thanks Sam I loved it I loved it So there we go, Sam. Oh, lovely to have a wee chat with Sam. Isn't it? Yeah, just a great time. Like we said at the start, just wisdom and kindness and numerous talents. And it's it's great to just hear a little bit of his story, absolutely. I know, but very thoughtful. Were you, did you have the song ringing through your ears for the rest <laughs> of the recording? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. We've spoken as well about, like... Um, old school Christian, like, kind of kids' hymns as well. So, like, when he started, he was talking about um, Beautiful One and, and how, as a kid, he learned that and all of that. So I'd, we, I had all of those little um, Christian kids' hymns that we've spoken about as well going round and round in my head. Uh, I, honestly, I, but they're so important. Like, we totally laugh about them, but seen a number of times. Yeah. Father God, I wonder, has come to my heart and to my mind when I've just needed it. Or <laughs> I'm special. Or... You know, any of these kind of absolute legit... Would your anchor hold? The Boys Brigade hymn comes back to me sometimes. And I'm going, I do have an anchor. Yes, I do. And all of a sudden, my countenance changes. And I'm like, yes, Jesus, I'm okay. It's amazing the power of just... No. Of, of those songs, just what they do to you. They just change it. Or I'm having a moment with, we have an anchor. Come on, Jesus, <laughs> right? You're the anchor to my soul, right? Whatever that means, who knows, but... It, it's feeling good to me just now. It's girding me in the inside with strength. No, yeah, good. it was great. And, and uh, what an exceptional choice of new, uh, film that he, he chose as well. But a Hacksaw Ridge. Absolutely close to your heart. You love it too. Yeah, I do. I do. Just one more, Lord. Just one more. Yeah, great film. Yeah, so it's just wonderful. And I, I, but I thought what I really love was his little, uh, his, his irk or his rant, his Raiders of the Lost Ark, that we need more characterful leadership. In life, not just the church, but in the church as well. And I, I really, there was something about what he was saying that was just resonating with me and challenging as well. Of course, isn't it when you have had responsibilities to lead? Have I done that with good character and done that well and graciously towards the folks that have been had responsibility to lead and serve? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say that as well. Like, so cool to hear him chat so passionately about it, but also such a massive challenge to to me and to to others as well. I imagine who are listening, who are in leadership, and you're like, wow, yeah. Like, how many times have I been in a position where, um, 
maybe leadership hasn't had the character that I would have wanted from leadership and yet what a challenge to consider that I'm the one who can step up in that situ in, in this situation now and, and be the leadership that I maybe didn't have or um, or I can build upon or improve on the leadership examples that I've, I've seen in my life yeah absolutely and I love that he is someone who not only will talk about this but absolutely like knowing him a wee bit and knowing his um, his leadership he will be someone who will set that example and will be exceptional at that so just it's cool to hear him chat about that but also model that as well so yeah a, a good egg I used that phrase earlier and you were like what a good egg <laughs> oh Neil I think you did you watch a lot of Hercule Poirot or read a lot of Famous Five or something when you were younger because it, 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 a good egg to me speaks of the 1930s in England oh no <laughs> maybe it is the Famous Five then I did read Famous Five as a kid not not Poirot I never, I've never seen that but oh that was staple viewing in the Lane family household on a Sunday evening after church. Toasted cheese and Poirot. That was the highlight of the week. We all gathered round the telly and watched it. Nice. David Suchet <laughs> with his wee moustache. Right, well, we'll cut out that bit because that was boring. But... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, listen, it was great just to hear from Sam. And um, yeah. really excitingly, he was talking about... Um, He's releasing five worship songs that he's written over the last few while, and he's, he's releasing them over summer. So I guess I would just get on the old social media, look for Sam Hibbard Music. I think that's his his little at, uh, and and check out some of Sam's songs. Yeah, absolutely. We will link his his stuff in in the description for this episode for sure. Yeah, so hopefully you enjoyed that. Love you to join us again. We've got we'll have some more uh, podcasts coming out soon, and uh, yeah. Until next time, Neil, you are a good egg. <laughs> Thanks, Ali, you too. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>